Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything, number 252. We are officially back in the studio. Yes, sir. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. Chris is back from vacation. I am back from my in-laws. Holy Lord, it feels good to be back in the studio uh, this week. This is the College Football Week 13 recap, our College Football Top 10 after Week 13, and our playoff predictions for this coming Sunday. It is Selection Sunday. This is the week. It is Championship Week. Oh, this is going to piss me off. (laughs) (laughs) The show is brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. You can find information on all six of their sports books over at tunicatravel.com. It's also brought to you by our site, winningcureseverything.com. We've got picks, previews, podcasts, all sorts of different stuff. Follow us on social media. We're on Facebook. We are on Twitter. That's at Winning Cures. Go check the things out. Let's quit wasting your time. Let's jump into it. College football week 13 recap brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. They got six awesome sports books down there. Samstown, First Jackpot, Hollywood, Fitz Casino, Horseshoe, Gold Strike. All awesome. We've been to all of them. They got more information on them over at tunicatravel.com. It's also brought to you by winningcureseverything.com. Let's fire this thing off. We got a lot of games to talk about this week. Uh, let's start off with the the most watched game of the regular season. Okay. Ohio State, Michigan. Yep. What What did you think about this? I was shocked. I was just completely baffled. Every analytical way to look at this game, Michigan had the advantage. At every part of the game. Other than talent. Well, other than, yeah, other than, the I guess, the stars on the back of the names. Yeah. Where they were recruited. And that's about it. I mean, that's it. And they, but they, Ohio State just came out and kicked their butt. I, I want to know, is this the Ohio State team that we're going to get? Or or was this a one-time thing? Or, or was this just all complete emotion and hatred? Because they haven't looked this good in a quarter during a single game all year. No, I mean, they look, in the first three games of the year, they looked fantastic. Don't give me that. They, and that was they, under Ryan they, Day. But they played high school teams, man. They exactly. played TCU, Rutger, and, and Oregon State. Well, I'll L- tell you what. Please the, don't give me that. So I I'd called the upset. On our show last week because Urban Meyer as an underdog is straight money. Well, he's yeah, always he's been only, straight money. He's only been the underdog like nine times this is, in his life. Yeah, and it's uh, five times at Ohio State now. Yeah. But and never a home underdog. Yeah, never a home underdog, which is ever crazy to think about. But uh but aside from that, this situation, if you go back and look at Michigan's schedule, they had not played anybody with near the offensive explosion capabilities that Ohio State has. Michigan's defense is plotting and kind of slow, but their biggest thing is they get pressure on quarterbacks. With Ohio State's offense, they've got that quick release. They threw the the ball in like two seconds. Yes. If you don't give the linemen a chance to get home, then they have no way to slow you down. Like, calling the upsets one thing. Like, oh, I could have easily seen Ohio State winning this oh, game. Oh, I, I never would have seen them the, the putting complete, up 62. The complete 
thrashing and is they, and just they shocking. They really probably should have put up over 70. I mean, they, they should have scored more. Yeah. And, and you know what's even crazier than that? Their time of possession. Ohio State only had the ball for 24 minutes. Well, that's because they scored in seconds. Oh, yeah. I mean, seconds. Oh, but that's that's what's nuts. So, Dwayne Haskins was 20 out of 31, 396 yards, six touchdowns. Michigan, Michigan had only given up seven touchdowns passing the all year. The whole season, they gave up seven. They and gave then, up six in one game. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the question now is, where it, does Ohio State rank? And where does Michigan end up ranked? Well, I'm not worried about either of those two things. What do we think about this? Like, is is this real? It, well, is is it good enough to make the committee forget about the rest of the, the season. crap season? Because other than those three games you pointed out that were against dog teams, they hadn't looked good against anybody. No, e- even in win, like no, they, even the wins they they beat Penn State, who barely, is a three loss team, but they barely. beat them by one, and they were down by. Two touchdowns Correct. in the fourth quarter. They they barely scrape a win against Maryland. They barely scrape out a win against Minnesota. They barely scrape out a win against Nebraska. I mean, these are bad teams. Yeah, these are bad teams. They're kind of letting hang around all the time. This is this is an anomaly that I yeah. think something happens with emotion. And and so let's say they go into the the Northwestern championship game and they just kick their butt. Does that mean anything? Does that tell us no, anything? Do no. we learn anything? Uh, at the Massey Composite, here, I actually did up the Massey Composite. Um, Northwestern is... 32? 32. 32. Yeah, number 32. So, no. I mean, that's... Like, that- it doesn't do anything, because Texas is 21, and they're playing Oklahoma. So, no, I, I don't think so. Like, I think what this really sets up is... Like if Alabama loses to Georgia, well, no, that's no. If Alabama loses to Georgia, we have our four. Yeah, and it's easy. the The problem that we're going to run into is if Alabama wins, which everyone assumes they will, and then you got Oklahoma and Ohio State. You've got a two loss Georgia team. That one of those losses is to Bama. You have Oklahoma, who kind of has done the same thing. They've looked bad against bad teams. They have a loss, but it, but if they beat Texas, great. then they erase the loss. I don't know. That you it was only by three loss. because if they lose to Texas, Texas is going to be a top ten team. Well, or if they that. beat Texas, then Texas will still be like fifteen. Yeah. Okay. You know, so like, but Texas isn't going to be as good as Michigan. And then you've got UCF sitting there saying we haven't lost anybody. Well, that's pending, pending so they beat Memphis. I was going to bring that up like, uh, like later then, on. So, so you've got. So you've got it. Well, if we're going to talk about it, we're going to talk about it. Let's talk about it. Okay. What What do you do with that four spot? You've got a team that everyone says, well, they haven't played anybody, but they also haven't lost anybody, and they have some big wins on their season. Okay. You You have two teams with the exact same resume, or Ohio State probably has bigger wins. The win over Michigan is a bigger win. The win over Penn State is a bigger win yeah. than let's say West Virginia and Texas, if they have to beat Texas to do that, their loss is worse. I always like, please don't think I'm showing favoritism because there are, there's only one team that I despise more than these two teams. And, and so I, I would value wins over losses. And if that's the case, then you got to go with Ohio state. I would give it to Ohio state 
because I think it's more important to beat good teams than than to say, well, you got killed by a bad team and you got your only loss is to a good team. Well, you you know which way I think the committee's going to go on this. No, I don't. Uh, it will be Ohio State all day, every day. Oh, Ohio well, State why, has. Why do you think that? Ohio State has six of the top like eighteen most watched games in college football this season. And I know that again. I'm not. That say shouldn't they, matter. I'm not going to say they don't deserve the spot, but if they get it because of that, I'm, that's what? the kind of stuff that pisses me off. We're talking about playing for a championship. If you're going to make the decision on who gets in because of who's watching the games, then we need to take the word championship out of this. We really, really do. Give this me, is no longer a championship. Give me it because they they can make up excuses for any of these. I know teams. they can. Like you can justify Oklahoma. It we can say, well, they don't belong in, even though they're twelve and one, and they negated their only loss because they beat the crap out of the That's team. Right. Whatever they can talk about how good that is, or they can say, eh, but they've got and currently right now, I believe it's number one hundred and three in the country in yards per play defense. Like well, they're number 11, bad. 111th in the country of total defense. In total defense. 111. So, yeah. And that's... The the other, like, four teams, three teams, I guess, are all in the top 25. Well, if you count Georgia, yeah, that's well, they're on the yeah, top Georgia's 25. Top, but even if uh, you take Georgia out, the other three, they're all in the top 25. Alabama, Clemson, and Notre Dame are all top 10. Yes. So, so, so the difference between 111 and those guys, pretty drastic. Now, yeah. their offense is good, but, but I've been saying this all year. I think UCF's offense is pretty damn good, too. Oh, yeah. And so if we're going to look at one side of the ball on how we're going to judge these teams, I'm going to say – I real and I know that people look at schedules and they yell and they scream, look at how these two teams are made up. Please tell me that UCF is not a whole lot better than Oklahoma because they're the same damn team. Yeah. They're literally the same team. Now, I don't, like, I don't know how much better UCF is without Mackenzie Milton. But you look at the resume, not what you think they can do. Uh, well, agreed. But if you're looking at resume, even still, I don't know that it's as strong as Oklahoma's. But oh, it's not way. as strong. Oklahoma's obviously played better competition, but they've got a loss. We, man, we have skipped all over the place. On this. Well, <laughs> let's let's jump into. Let's go on and talk about the seven overtimes. I know you don't want to. No, I don't. But, I don't really but by want God, to at all. it was huge. It was probably the most entertaining football game of the entire season. Yep. Um, seven overtimes. Yeah. Should have been eight. Probably never should, should have been an overtime. Should, should, have, should have been zero. Um, the stats are pointless in this one. I know that they'll talk about 146 points, most ever in foot. Like, it, it, blah, get out of here with that. Uh, the refs butchered this. They 100% butchered this. Uh, the knee down on the interception with, what, like a minute left in the game or whatever, that was a ludicrous call. Just ridiculous. Let, and I understand if you go back and you look at it and whatnot, like, okay, his knee touched, but I don't know that he had established possession at that point. But either way. even Let's give him that one. I'm going to give him that, that one because let's just assume all right, so that's a – that's a touch-touch play. We All right, can give let's go to the 4th and 18 pass okay. with, what, 20 seconds left? Correct. How do you not measure? How do you how do you just immediately, because... Well, and, where and knowing, his, knowing the spot, the spot is just 
And you I understand can watch the ESPN the game. spot the, was wrong. The spot is bad. Yes, the the line that's on the field is wrong. But, but the even spot still, that the guy put it down is wrong. It was uh, it was a whole yard yeah, it, further than right. than it, where the guy actually went not, down. It's not close. Yeah, it was absolute, and they they never measured. They nope. never questioned. Nope. And now at that point, LSU had a timeout, right? So they could have called a timeout, which I don't remember now. I either way, it's supposed to be reviewed. I'm not. I'm not. A fan, I'm not a fan of making the other team call the timeout or saying they shouldn't have to get something like that. And and my justification for it is the 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 Patriots Seahawks Super Bowl. I know that's the NFL, but the Marshawn Lynch running it in and Bill. Everyone was like, "Why is Bill not calling a timeout?" If you think the other team is more discombobulated than your team, yeah, then you don't let them off the hook by calling the timeout. You let you let the game play out, and and if the officials miss something, you can't say, "Well, you should have called timeout." Well, no, yeah, because no, no, if no, I I've, call timeout now, I've given them an opportunity to draw up the best play that they can draw up, right? And I've got a more difficult situation to stop them when I think I can stop them this way. It it Re- looked, regardless of if it works or not, it doesn't matter. It looked to me. Like LSU just completely accepted that he got the first down. Like nobody freaked out. I, I don't know everybody that, I don't, just I don't know that there's an acceptance, but I also don't know that anybody on that sidelines had a good enough view to know if it was right or wrong. And, uh, yeah, I mean because it, when you're we have the, the benefit of seeing of it from seeing a it. bird's eye view from a camera. Yeah, and they're on the sidelines with people running at weird angles to them. I don't know that they and, can and see And they're it. having to speed up and whatnot, so as soon as they call a first down, it's just... There's no reason for it to not, the not have been measured. If it's measured, then somebody in a booth upstairs at LSU can say, hey, we need to see if we can get a review for this or whatever. We've seen replays and we think it's wrong. But if they don't stop it to measure it, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Um, let's see. So with one second left... Are you sure? That's are, all right, are you, so. Are you sure about that? So, I I went back because I had this DVR. Which, by the way, game time was like five hours and forty seven minutes. Well, I mean, when you go seven overtimes and every overtime, you got commercials. They, they stop all the play, that. I know. Rec- it's all a big. I mean, but it's, it's, like it's still it's still crazy. Oh yeah. Um, but five hours forty seven minutes. That's a long football game. Uh, but I I had this DVR. I went back and watched the one second left thing. Over and over and over, and have to. it. Yes, there was when when the ball hit. Yes, there was still one second left on the clock, but they did not start the clock correctly when they got the ball set. Like that part absolutely astounded me. It didn't astound me at all. Like it just like they the clock operator never started it once it was set, and yes, yes, you can get a a clock off with three seconds left. Like that is doable, but I mean everything's got to be. And then the the illegal formation that wasn't called to get one of those. Uh, I mean it, it just. And then the, yeah. the the easy thing to do is to say, well, the LSU just should have stopped them. But when all of these things have happened so quickly, that defense is just gassed. It's just gassed. I mean, that's just what it was. Yeah. Um, neither, neither defense had 
any legs to stand on at the end of that game. Well, and the, they so, were all just exhausted. Well, let's let's keep it going. The interception, or not interception, the um, the incomplete pass in the first overtime that was was actually a fumble, but they ruled an incomplete pass. Yep. You are taught as an official to like let the call, play run, yep, call it, yeah, and then you go review it. That's right. Get it right. Do the thing that you can undo, not do the thing that you can't undo. Right, and and that was a hundred percent a fumble. That that guy had possession and established it, and then lost the ball. And Greedy Williams picked it up. Correct. That was the end of the game. That's it. I don't know. What so you're look, so so I, I I know we're running long. But no, I don't. But it, I, this no, is just a, a crazy game. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to I'm going to say this here. I'm going to say his his views are different from my views. I believe this. We'll just go from that. And and you can call me a sore loser. You can call me whatever you want. That's fine. I'm going to let you say whatever you want. But I'm going to tell you this. You're damn sure not going to say I'm wrong. You you can call me a lot of names, but I won't be wrong. Greg Sankey is a small and petty individual. He might be the worst commissioner of all the commissioners in college football. That's saying something, by the way, Pac-12. Y'all suck some pretty bad balls, too. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, this guy it's as soon Larry, as Larry Scott, for those that don't know, as soon as LSU attacked Greg Sankey specifically for the Alabama shenanigans and favoritism, and exposed him for for being the leech that he is, that attaches himself to a big bully. Immediately, I knew LSU's fate is sealed because in college football, it is the one thing. That I it, one of the many things I don't understand about the sport that makes billions, billions with a B dollars, does not pay its labor, and somehow lets every individual conference have their own commissioners or have their own uh, uh, referees, and and they all play by different rules, and so therefore, in the SEC, Greg Sankey gets to say, hey, any big game that's a close game, those boys down there they don't get a call. They don't get the call. And that's going to happen as long as the reign of Sankey lasts. Mark my words, four or five years from now, if he is still there, that will be the case. You can say I'm a sore loser. You can say it's sour grapes, but the tape does not lie. The officiating in the SEC is bad. It's really bad on the surface. But if it was just they suck at their job bad, at some point in time it would even out. At some point in time a call would go the other way because they're just bad at their job randomly. My child doesn't know left from right. So when she puts her shoes on, about 40-50% of the time, she puts them on the wrong feet. When she puts them on the right feet, it's not because she did anything right. It's just just randomly happened that she got it right that time. (laughs) For them to be that bad in a crucial moment of the game from the next two and a half hours... The end of regulation until the end of the game. Yeah. You cannot tell me, well, that's just bad officiating. They're just not good at their job. Well, and it, and it felt like at the end of the game. Because there would have been game, multiple like, times for them to screw up to have it go LSU's way, and it, they didn't make those mistakes. It never went that way. Uh, that's my, the, that's my end thought, of, and, and nobody will convince me otherwise because there's no, there's no way. At the end of the seventh overtime – the pass interference call made it seem like they were just ready to get out. 
Like it, it felt like the referees were. But just, they sure weren't ready to let it get out for for LSU, LSU to win it. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna end this game now, and we're gonna make sure we get the outcome we need. Yeah. The the pass interference call on that last two point conversion that resulted in the uh, uh, unsportsmanlike conduct on Greedy Williams, all that kind of stuff. Like that that ball was completely uncatchable. There should have never been a flag. Like that was, and it, it would have gone to in eighth overtime, at which point LSU gets the ball last. You never know what's going to happen. We want to talk about Jimbo's nephew punching a uh, an old man in the pacemaker. I didn't even bring that up. And but, then and then yeah. and then him having the fortune. It was Damian Craig that that, that started that Marshall Falk, one of the great Patriots of all time and great LSU Tigers of all time, did not destroy that man and take his life. He yeah. just he just grabbed him because if if he wanted to he he could he'd have, he'd have, he'd have, he could have torn him apart. I do agree with that. That that, that was the that young man thing. was lucky. I don't have the uh, the egg bowl on here as a recap <laughs> because like what's the purpose? But if we're gonna talk about fights, uh, yeah, some fights. That kid for Ole Miss, Matt. What's his name? Matt Coral. Oh, Matt, I, thought you were I, about I didn't the listen with the man. well the quarterback for Ole Miss. Yeah. Like okay, yeah. But what's his name? Matt Matt Corral, Matt Coral. Yeah. I didn't listen with the sound on, so I I don't know exactly how to say his name. Um, but man, like the fact that he did not get thrown out of that game, kind of blows my mind. I I, I can't like I can't he. I, I, we everybody knew that he was trouble even before he went down there because of his past legal issues. What What do you but, think of the whew. the entire teams on both sides getting unsportsmanlike conduct? I with that I I had a feeling that was going to happen. Like I, I don't, I've never seen it happen before. But it looked like it probably needed to happen. I like that state state had a backup kicker that was like that's my first unsportsmanlike conduct ever. Like, I don't, <laughs> like do I wear this with a badge of pride or or am I am I shamed? Uh, have I shamed my family? I think uh, I it, I'll, I'll say this either way. It was it was pretty entertaining having Mississippi State's band play Baby Shark in the fourth quarter. That is one of the better troll jobs yeah. of the season. Um, and then the referees taking that touchdown off the board that actually caused the whole fight. Like, them taking that touchdown off the board after the fight was pretty comical. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, it was, I don't... When we get into some now, I hate of those it, things, I hate it for Ole Miss. I don't but, know all the whew. rules and, and why that would have came off the board, but anyway. Well, it's, it, it did not... Or it came off the board because the kid didn't get the playoff before the end of the third quarter. Like, the clock ran out. Oh, okay, okay. I yeah. got you now. So clock ran out on that one. It was uh, it was insane to see. It was just nuts. Uh, Game number three that I've got on here. Number three. Number three. Oklahoma fifty nine. West Virginia fifty six. I I had a feeling this was going to come down to who gets the ball last. West Virginia seven hundred and four yards and lost Lost the game. game. Uh, Oklahoma six hundred sixty eight yards. It was one thousand three hundred seventy two yards of total offense. Check this out. In the first quarter, there were four touchdowns. Second quarter, there were five touchdowns. The third quarter, there were four touchdowns and a field goal. And in the fourth, they finally ran out of gas and only scored three. And West Virginia scored two of those. Had Will Greer not fumbled yep. twice, which led directly two points, we have. West Virginia wins this ballgame. Oh, no doubt. No no question. Because Oklahoma could stop anybody. Will Greer had to, had to put the ball on the ground. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's it. This is, this is what you get when you get Oklahoma. And I'm not saying it's bad TV, okay? That's a lot of fun to watch. I mean, a lot of people give me crap for beating up on Oklahoma. 
I'm just saying you're really good at offense. As good as you are at offense, you might be equally as bad on defense. Yeah. That does not make a great team. No. You play any team that can slow you down at all. LSU is a mediocre offense. Mediocre might be nice. It might be mean to some people. But we're a mediocre offense. There's no doubt we're putting 40 on Oklahoma. Yeah. And I'll tell you this. Oklahoma probably hang 40 on us, but I don't don't know that they will. Yeah. I mean, I... I would assume that they would because they have on on everybody. They have on it, but they hadn't played but, any defenses, Gary. Oh, not no, not this season. I mean, no. name one team in the top fifty defenses that they play. Is Texas in the top fifty? Yeah, yeah, Texas top fifty, but it's right. but they're you other know, than in Texas. Forties is anybody else in the top fifty? Iowa State. They are oh, now. Iowa State would be now. They would yeah. be now. Um, okay, but even then, the I mean, Iowa State okay, game, I would Iowa State held them to thirty seven points. Yeah, so you I know mean, that's just. Anyway, either way, uh, next one up, Apple Cup, same time, same night, different channel, in the snow, Washington 28, Washington State 13, Washington State only had 237 yards, it's, it's almost like Washington mixed with snow is complete kryptonite for the air raid. Is Mike Leach going to leave the north because of this? Uh no, I this mean all, I think he likes it up there. Doesn't, I mean it doesn't work in the cold. Well no, it works in the, in the cold. cold. It didn't work. In, it didn't work in the snow, and it didn't work against Washington. Can like you it go to never an indoor, does. Is there like many indoor college football teams? There aren't, are there? <laughs> I think like Central Michigan maybe or. Well, I mean Syracuse or, used to play in the. Yeah, it, no, still Syracuse playing. still plays indoors, but they don't every game. No, that's the problem. But you've already got a, a coach that runs oh, no, that D, crazy yeah, system. Yeah, Baber's not so. going anywhere. But I'm just trying to think of, is there some place he can play all his home games indoors? The Indianapolis Colts. Oh. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine him oh. in, in the NFL I, right now? No, no. I would love him in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, game love. number – oh, uh, uh, Washington had 487 yards of total offense, 258 yards rushing. It was 5.9 per carry. The player of the game in the Apple Cup was Miles Gaskin. Yep, I'll, I'll agree with that. Twenty-seven rushes, one hundred seventy yards, three touchdowns. Whew, he was uh, that snow didn't slow him down. I, I'm I'm gonna say this. I was I was very dis. This game beat me twice. I spent an entire day. Okay, this is a hard day. I spent an entire day <laughs> at Disney World. All right, I walked nine point eight miles that day. We get back to the room. Everybody's passed out. I shower, I sit on the bed, I'm watching the Apple Cup. All right. And I'm up for the whole thing. 5 a.m. the next morning, my wife is up saying, we got to go, we got to go. <laughs> You're like, I and shouldn't I'm, have stayed up to watch and this I'm, crap. I'm, I'm reg- yeah, knowing the outcome and seeing what all happened, I was just like, oh, Leach, you beat me twice. That's uh. He'll do that to you sometimes. He, it, was, it, was, it was a rough day the next day. It feels like every Apple Cup. At least it wasn't a 9.30 game. You know, it was it was eight thirty. I, I, I do time. have to say, when when I if if I ever had the power to take over the world, I'm completely doing away with the East Coast time. E- Eastern Standard Time is the dumbest single thing we do in our country. Yeah, because everything is really really late. Really late. The both trips I took to Boston, I was like, when does football come on? I've eaten breakfast. I've like done, half of my day is done, and the NFL hadn't started yet. What are we doing? It starts it. One o'clock. One o'clock. Yeah. No, no. Right, so anyway. Notre Dame 24, USC 17. USC led this game 10 to nothing until there was two minutes and 21 seconds left in the second quarter. And then from there, Notre Dame scored 24 straight points, gave up a garbage time touchdown. Ian Book, 22 out of 39, 352 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. 
they did what they were supposed to do. They, they just, won the game. They got by. They won the game. Um, had they not given up the garbage touchdown, they would have covered. I, I think Ian Book looked really good. The first part of the game, their offense struggled. When he got that first first down, running the ball, it was like third and 11. And that's when it started. Then he got another first down. It was like third and nine or third and ten, something like that. It, running the football. Completely rejuvenated hits. the offense. Man, those guys were like, we're on his back. Yeah. He he impressed me. The, they didn't play great as a team. That was the biggest leader move. Well, of, all of, of their the scoring day. came from two minutes, 21 seconds left in the second quarter Correct. until like 9.50 <laughs> left in the fourth. That's right. So it was basically in a quarter in, a, in about 18 minutes. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. Or no, I guess not a quarter point, and a half, but like a it, it'd be a little bit more than a 20 long. minutes, whatever. That's right. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's that's all they needed to be able to beat USC. Is it weird that Clay Helton can, and we talked about doing some? We're going to do a separate stuff. video about coaching changes and, and non changes. Kept his job because of a moral victory. I don't think it was because of a moral victory. I really? think it was because because of, they didn't win the game. No, no, they, they still didn't lost win. the game. I think it was because but of they played him close. He kept his job because of all of the. Uh, instability in the past okay you can't you can't change coaches every two three years like it just it, okay. it won't work but it but if you got the wrong guy in there you probably still need to make the, but either way anyway okay either way. we'll get into that later i just thought that was weird number six ucf 38 south florida 10 and tell, then at, it, in the same belong. in the same thing here memphis 52 houston 31 i now i do this i i knew that was gonna happen Mackenzie Milton out with a leg injury, and it was about as gruesome as it gets. It yep. was so bad they wouldn't even show the replay. And they shouldn't. And they should not have. You want to watch it? Watch it on YouTube. I, I saw it live, and it was bad, Real awful, bad. Bad. real bad. Uh, and it it might be a career ender. They had reports afterwards that he had dislocated his knee. It looked like everything had gotten no. shredded. Yeah, everything uh, from the knee down. But was it gone. dis it dislocated his knee. Which cut off circulation under it. He almost lost his leg. Yeah. Like, that is it. You remember the Teddy Bridgewater? Right, I mean, yeah. it's the same thing. Where just the whole thing just blew up. Yep. Um, USF's two backup quarterbacks were atrocious. Without Blake Barnett, that whole thing just blew up. And, and they could not do anything. Um, Memphis ran for 401 yards on Houston. Memphis did what Memphis does. Yeah. They run the football down your throat. That's and this year they do that. Oh yeah. And oh, yeah. Now, well that's because the they past, don't have a quarterback yeah, to throw it down your the throat. The past few years, like when they tried to throw it, Brady White threw two picks. And one of them was a pick six that actually gave Houston a lead at the at the half. Like things went crazy. And then in the second half they said, forget this crap. And I understand Ed Oliver went out, but in the first half they were not as dedicated to the run as they were in the second half. Uh, I'll give you a number okay. to look at for this coming week. UCF, number 109 against the run. They give up 211.64 yards rushing per game. Just something to kind of keep an eye on. Well, UCF's going to give up points. I mean, other than South Florida, they've given up points to everybody. It's just going to be, can the new quarterback come in and play? Yep, it is. We'll, I have, we'll see. I have, a, I have a problem with the with the injury. A, it's tragic that it happened. I mean, it, not not all injuries are tragic because this is this is a game. It's in people's lives, and yeah. if you blow a shoulder and you have to have rotator cuff surgery, and then you have to be an accountant the rest of your life, like 
It's not no, the football end. Football still gave you it, an it's, opportunity. Yeah, to do it's, it's not the end yeah. of the world. This kid, this kid's been the best football player in college football for the last two years. Nobody, nobody on ESPN or or Fox or, or any of the people that cover college football have talked about him at all. At all. Well, let's the, not say at all. They no, they have no, talked about that's, him, that's but all bullcrap. But not nearly as much as they, they, other guys. The the only time they bring up Central Florida is when they want to criticize them for their schedule, which they cannot control, and they dog them. They don't give them any credit for any of the stuff that they've done at all. And now that this kid has blown his leg to a point where there's a chance he might not walk again, he definitely won't walk right again, all of a sudden there's no doubt over this week and the week after we're going to see all these puff pieces on him. And, and all of this fluff about how great he was for the game and how tragic this is, and they're going to glamorize his career, all of that should have been happening for the last two seasons when he was putting up the numbers that he was, beating teams like Auburn when he had an opportunity to play them instead of saying, oh, well, Auburn didn't really want to be there, so it didn't matter, and he didn't play anybody else. It, all of that is bullshit. It's all bullshit. And now you want to puff him up? It's too late. It's absolutely too late. Shame on shame on the people that cover the sport. They do could, it for a yeah. living. I could I can roll with that. You have a job, I, I have I a job. We I, do this for fun and we talk gambling. We don't really talk specifics on individuals. That guy deserved pieces before he blew his leg out on national TV. Yeah, I do agree with that. I do agree with that. He he deserved more national recognition than he got. Uh, number seven, Florida fourteen. Or sorry, forty one, Florida State fourteen. <laughs> oh, that was way backwards. Yep, way backwards. Yeah, that's right. Florida, 536 yards of total offense. Florida State, 291. Florida State had three turnovers. Florida had zero. Felipe Franks, 16 out of 26, 254 yards, three touchdowns. Florida had 282 yards rushing. They just completely dominated this well, game. They did whatever, but, but everybody's done that against Florida State. Agreed, I agreed. Mean, and, I mean, but I thought that Florida State played them. I thought Florida State would would put up a fight and only because they went out and beat Boston College the week before. Yeah, but BC still doesn't have a quarterback and Which I is mean, crazy because so like many. we we talked so highly of Anthony Brown early in the year. Uh BC was seven and two with Clemson coming to town and everybody thought uh, they might maybe have a shot. Nah, but when uh, but man, once he went down, and different. but he's been way, back for the last two weeks. But when they man, play that style of an offense, if if he's not perfect, it's. I mean, yeah. we've talked about that in the past, right? Oh, yeah. Like that's an offense that they can beat anybody by twenty, or they can get beat by forty. Because yeah. if it's not working, then it just don't work. Now you're and right that, about like, that. Like that's what happened when they went to Purdue, right? Yeah. Like like it just wasn't working that day. They're it's, not it's what really, happened against Syracuse on yeah, Saturday. You know, you know in the first quarter where you are in that game and where you're not. And that's just yeah. the way. That's just the way they play, and it's tough. It sucks, but well, that's that. That brings up another team. Okay. Vandy thirty-eight, Tennessee thirteen. Oh God, I couldn't believe this. A line. battle for a bowl game. Tennessee play with no heart. It just it, so I understand Guarantano like didn't look right, right, and and he was injured. He was out the week before, um, when they got smoked by Missouri. Probably should not have played in this one. He was like twelve out of twenty nine. Had like two picks, one touchdown. Like didn't look good. Um, 
I mean, this was a beat down time of possession here. Vanderbilt held the football for 43 minutes. 78 plays for 467 yards for Vandy. 47 plays for 242 yards for Tennessee. It was a beat down. And now Vanderbilt is bowling for the second time in three years. Is Derek Mason a good coach? I think he's a good coach. I think he's all right. If you're doing that at Tennessee, you're a good coach. All right, at Vanderbilt. Here's what's crazy, though. I mean, Tennessee – okay, so let's say you don't win the game. That's fine. The guys on Tennessee's defense, there's still a lot of four-stars there. Like, talent-wise, on paper, you're a lot better than the the guys in Vanderbilt. I don't – I can't get how they just play with no pride at all. They just have no sense of urgency or, like, this is important at all. What, What are we doing? Yeah, it, it like you're you're playing for a chance to go to a bowl game, and, and for a, a chance to not a lose deal. to Vanderbilt, your in-state rival for three, three straight. I was going to say three years running. Yeah, I mean it's like that. that it's a state championship, man. This matters. Yeah. Um, speaking of a state championship, and and maybe not playing with pride, maybe a little bit. Alabama 52, Auburn 21. Uh, the, the big number, Tua 25 out of 32, 324 yards, five touchdowns. He had four rushes, 26 yards, and one touchdown. So six touchdowns, that is an Iron Bowl record. Um, did it surprise you? And I, I don't guess you watched any of this, did you? No, I saw a lot of this at a bar. Okay. I was at so, the airport. I mean, I'm, I don't get any sound, and it was on when, like, three other games were on. So the fourth quarter, TV. fourth quarter, Auburn – is already running clock when it is forty-five to twenty-one, and I understand it's that's, it's twenty-four but that, points. But, but Auburn is running clock. Now, yeah, this ball game. This is ball game. It it just it surprised I mean, me isn't that the they, best defense to keep two on the sidelines. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, mean you're not going to win this game scoring fast and letting him come back. I mean, it it. Surprised me that they not come back, but come back on. The well, they field. they threw in the towel when when Tua was already. I mean, there was there was still almost a whole quarter of football left. It doesn't matter. It just it it, matter. it just he, surprised me. He just knew he couldn't win. That's fine. Like I don't. That doesn't bother me at all. They fought like hell in the first quarter. They kept it really close. They scored with them pound for pound early, and then Bama does what Bama does. They're better than everybody else, and it, they pull away. And as soon as they started pulling away, you just like, like just don't get anybody else yeah, hurt. Let's no, yeah, just get let's out of here. let's just get out of here. Nobody's winning this game, and we fought like hell, and we kept it close for a while. As soon as we realized it just doesn't matter, then yeah, let's let's play smart. Let's let's run some things that we think we can run, and let's you know do what we got to do. And you know, if something crazy happens, the ball bounces our way. Good, we never quit fighting, but we don't. Yeah, you can't just come out. Chunk it three times, go three and out, then and they then hang, then they the hang 100 up. Yeah. Now, I guess I, I see I see your point. That I just, doesn't concern me. Anybody losing to Alabama, and if you fight like hell early, and then it just gets away from you, like I don't, I don't fault anything that happens after that as long as nobody got hurt. Yeah. Like I just think that's fine. Like this is this is yeah, the, in the best in the fourth team quarter, in football, and it's not close. In the fourth quarter, Auburn lost their, uh, their one of their starting tackles. Yeah. Oh yeah, and no. at that point it was like, Call okay, off. we're done. Um, game that probably should have been called off earlier than it was. Minnesota thirty-seven, Wisconsin fifteen. What has happened to I the Badgers? I don't know. Minnesota don't know only had to throw the ball sixteen times this game. They were nine out of sixteen for one hundred twenty-four yards. They had forty-seven rushes for two hundred one yards rushing. 
Wisconsin had 31 rushes for 170 yards. Here was the difference in the game. Alex Hornibrook, three interceptions, one fumble, which led to 24 points for Minnesota. So, so two teams I liked before the season started a lot were TCU in Wisconsin. And, and I like those teams every year. This is not a, oh, I like them this year. They're, they're two teams that I root for. They're coaches that I like, programs that I follow. TCU strictly because of Gary Patterson. Wisconsin, no matter who their coach is, I've loved them my entire life. It, both of those teams were just historically bad this year, and they both did things they have never done in the years of me watching them, which is, they have to be minus 25 in the turnover range. Yeah, it was... I mean, on the season, it has to be, like, in the history of programs, bad. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's got to be. Because Wisconsin has never been the team that turn, they run the ball, ball control, keep the ball away from you, play good defense, and don't turn the ball over, and they get opportunistic takeaways. TCU, sometimes they'll run it. Sometimes they have high-powered offenses. They always have a pretty good defense but they don't turn the ball over. Both of these teams just giving it away, man. Yeah. I mean, they're just just handing it out like they're running for mayor. And can you and I don't have this on here. Speaking of TCU, they beat Oklahoma State they, they this beat, week. I, well, and and, and, and that defense man. came back and, and they gave look up good. they gave up 3 points in the first they half. Look, they look good. They look good. I just yeah, that's just Gary Patterson saying we're going we're going to win this game. And we go into a bowl game. I'm putting my foot down. We have never not gone to a bowl game with me here. It ain't starting now. That's it. Big 12's got a a lot of 6 and 16. A whole lot of 6 and 16. None of them are really good, by the way. No, not not in the slightest. I think Oklahoma's good. I don't know if Texas is good. I don't know if West Virginia's good. I like watching West Virginia, but I don't know if they're good. And and even then, like I, I like Iowa State. I don't think they're good, but I I like. Them I think a they're lot. good. I just don't think they're well, like great. I'm ta- when I say I'm good, I'm talking like top ten good. Like, no, 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 they ain't top ten good. They, they might they're, be top twenty five. They're, the, they're the team I like the most, other than Gary Patterson. Boise State thirty three, Utah State twenty four. Another one of those where time of possession was completely lopsided. Forty two minutes for Boise, eighteen minutes for Utah State. Uh. The difference here, Boise State had 509 yards total offense. Utah State had 425 with only having the ball for 18 minutes. They scored quick, but the difference here was a Utah State interception in the first quarter led to a touchdown for Boise. A fourth down stop at their own 34 led to a second quarter touchdown for Boise State, and that was the game. They got two extra possessions, and that's how it ended. Yep, and both of them led to touchdowns. I like this Boise team. I'm I'm really excited for the Fresno rematch. I think I think that game's going to be a lot. I'm really, now, the now first you, game was really exciting. You know how I feel about rematches. I always heavily favor the team that lost. Yeah. I think we saw them. We got their best punch. We know all their moves. Let's play them again. I just think historically it works out. I, I might be dead wrong. Somebody could do the research on it. You play two same team twice in a season in college football in in – you know, it works out 50-50 and it doesn't really matter. I I think I remember the teams that won the first time usually lose the second time. And and oftentimes in glorious fashion. Now, so in 2011, I remember LSU and Alabama played twice. But in 1999, 
is and and these are just the two off the top of my head because I remember them. Well, the Auburn Georgia game last year. Yep. All right. So there was that one that went the complete opposite direction. Complete opposite. Uh, Alabama beat. It, it doesn't happen Florida. often. By in the way. in ninety nine, Alabama loses at home to Louisiana Tech, and I mean it last second hail mary whatever. The next week goes to the swamp and beats a top five Florida team that Steve Spurrier had like a thirty something game winning streak at home. Beat them like forty to thirty nine behind Sean Alexander, and then they get to the SEC championship game and play again, and Alabama beat them like thirty four to seven. I mean, it like Bama destroyed. Like I said, the numbers so so there might not back me up on. No, I think the numbers probably do back you up, but there are instances like would it surprise you if Texas beats Oklahoma again? Yeah, really? Yeah, I don't think that surprised me at all. For some reason, I just. I think the matchup. I thought Herman was going to be a just home run hire coach. And he might still be. Man, I'll tell you what. He, he has completely shifted the, no, the traject, uh, trajectory no, of that program did, already. Uh, yes. No. He has done a phenomenal job there. Maybe it's just all the Zach Smith bullcrap. I just find him hard to take serious right now. I can understand that. You you did see that he's bringing in David Beatty, like the former Kansas coach, to help him game plan for Oklahoma. No, that's I mean in Oklahoma or uh, uh, sorry Kansas averaged like over nine, almost ten yards a carry against Oklahoma. I don't know that I like bringing in new coaches in the middle of the season either. I yeah, I think it's a little strange. It's, oh, like, it's hey, a little chicanery there. Like no. yeah, you your boys already beat them once. Like do you have to go I bring in even even if it's like like irrelevant. Like let's let's say he's bringing in you know a Joe Schmo that's just like a buddy of his that got fired from Toledo or whatever. Yeah, you know like eh, come on man. Like let let's let's dance with the girl that got you here, and then next year if you want to hire that guy, let's do that. Yeah, no, you're right. I don't, I don't like this. Finally, last one, Clemson 56, South Carolina 35. This game was 49-21, to 21, Clemson, with 10 minutes left. It, it was never in doubt. Um, however, Clemson got 744 yards total offense. South Carolina had six. This was a Big 12 game. Jake yeah. Bentley, 32 out of 50, 510 yards, five touchdowns, one pick. South Carolina only had 90 yards rushing in this game. Yep. They didn't need them. No, they didn't need them. They did. They did. They hung well with Clemson, con- considering the difference in talent and in the gap there. I, I don't know that. I don't know that Clemson did any favors by scoring at the very end of the game when they could have with what it. like nine seconds well, left. Yeah, or they could. You could have kneeled yeah, it. Yeah, South mean, Carolina's defense is standing around looking for you to kneel it, and you run a play instead. And they don't. They don't play defense at all. They're just like, all right, get in the end zone. Like I. I think Muschamp is a petty guy. He's also a crazy person. Yeah. I think that's going to be filed away in the old memory bank. Yeah, I mean, if he's ever at a position where he can run it up on on Clemson, he will do it. Or if he ever sees Dabo in, like, Walmart. (laughs) Like, he's crazy. He is a crazy person. We kind of both agree with that, right? I mean, they call him Coach Boom for a reason. I don't don't know that that's a bad thing. No. I I definitely don't want to cross ways with crazy people. No, not not in the slightest. I want to make friends with them all. Not in the slightest. <laughs> Good gracious. All right, that is, close friends. that is going to wrap up our college football recap for week number 13. Don't forget, all the best of the sports, book in, or sports books in Tunica, Tunica, Mississippi, over at tunicatravel.com. 
Go over to winningcureseverything.com. Check out everything we got there. Follow us on social media. If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. We'll be back with uh, with more videos. Go check out the rest of the channel. All right, we got a new segment. We'll call it the news segment. It's brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, South's premier sports gambling destination. They got six awesome sports books. Go check them all out over at tunicatravel.com. Show is also brought to you by winningcureseverything.com. That is our site. All of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, etc., is on there. If you're on YouTube, hit subscribe for us. We got all your news, notes, information, gambling picks, blah, 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 all right here. Let's jump into this. There's a, there's a lot going on right now. We are recording this on Monday evening, November the 26th. So this is the information that we have currently. It will most certainly change throughout the week. But we'll have another yeah, some update of, next Some week. of the things we say often end up sounding ignorant. We're, we're going to make predictions and calls and comments. and Yes. They're going to do things exactly opposite of what we think and... And it is what it is. She's not going to live right. Let's uh, let's go on and jump into some of these. We'll uh, we'll talk Power Five first, and then we will jump into uh, a couple of the smaller ones. Um, let's start off with North Carolina. Okay, they fired Larry Fedora. <laughs> Man, not surprising. We were just talking about the fact that that guy is this on was, a different planet. Th- this was a guy that a couple years ago I was just on the Larry Fedora train. I was driving that bus, and now I I couldn't be farther from it. Well, and I, I brought up in the offseason that I thought the CTE stuff might hurt him, but I think it's the CTE stuff combined with no. everything else. I, let's right? say he never had that fiasco. He still he, would have been fired. He is still just blown out of a cannon. Yeah. I mean, that guy's... the At the end of the North Carolina State game, when there's a fight on the field between North Carolina players and North Carolina State players... I love that the reporters know that he's going to get fired, and they just pull no punches. They're just like, no. we're, we're going at this guy. They they asked him in the post-game press conference about the fight, and he said, what fight? There what was fight? no fight. There was no fight. And the guy said, well, what would you call it? And he said, uh, <laughs> they, they were celebrating, and we were celebrating. He said, well, what were you celebrating? <laughs> what were you, they had just scored a touchdown, and we're winning the game. What were you celebrating? Like, well, we weren't celebrating. <laughs> they, they were celebrating, but they were in our end zone. Like, that's okay. That's the end zone they scored in. So, of course, they're going to celebrate in that it's, end zone. It's frowned upon to run to the other end zone and celebrate. It just made no sense. Either way. That guy's like, is he delusional? I think he has... Like, what do we define this as? I think two straight nine-loss seasons, like, he has... I think he's just kind of lost it a little bit mentally. Like, I think he could still be a an effective offensive coordinator somewhere. I think as a head coach right now, like, he has tried all kind of different things, and he just doesn't know what to do. But he worked really well at... at Southern Miss. Southern Miss. And he worked really well at North Carolina early. Yeah. I mean, he got him to an ACC championship game yeah. and was one play away from from beating Clemson. So, like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. that you was, know, that so it, they they really, but they, I mean, it, it their roster has been mass chaos. They've had suspensions. They've had all oh, kind of different all stuff kind of going, on. going on. North Carolina. Um, but it looks like they are hiring Mac Brown. Oh my gosh! Just a one man's opinion. <laughs> Seems to be a really nice guy. I think this is a disaster. Well, it, it looked like Mac Brown was done with coaching two years before he resigned at Texas, and he resigned five years ago. 
Like, they have already been through one coach at Texas, and now they are two years into another coach at Texas. And now you're going to bring Mac Brown, who is a 68-year-old man, and who who coached at North Carolina before, but left you high and dry. That was a long time ago. The that game was the late has 90s. changed so much. But but holy crap, was that the 90s? It was 98. Yeah. So we're going on 18, 19 years. I mean, two decades. Yeah. No, Mac Mac Brown shouldn't be the head coach anywhere. No, I this, I do agree with this. That. Is going to be a disaster. Like, there's a difference between. Kansas hiring Les Miles, and we'll get to that in a second, but there's a difference between Les Miles and Mac Brown. Now, if – oh, oh, please, yeah. If anybody wants to put those two in the same breath, we're – like, like we'll fight. Like, like they, they've – You, you they've might both, whip my butt, uh, but you're going to have to whip my butt for that. I'll say this. Uh, they, they've both won a national championship, and they were only two years apart. Yeah, yep. But, but Les had success much more recently than Mac did. Mac, now, uh, Mac basically – Drove Texas into the ground. There are yes, which is hard to do. There, there are. I know that's what's so crazy. There are some offensive-minded guys out there that if they get these OC jobs and they hire some young geniuses, then then maybe it can work because well, the would, other guys are great. I mean, the guys wonder, that we're talking about. I wonder if this Mac Brown thing is like okay, we're going to bring you in to steady the ship. And, you know, be the politician, be the face of the program. But we're only going to pay you this much, and you got to go get this OC, well, well, and he's going to be the next yeah, in line. But I'm about to say that. Let's, so the next the next coach that got fired, which actually kind of shocks me, is, is Kingsbury. Yeah, that's Texas actually Tech. the next one on here. So, yeah. like, Texas Tech fired Cliff Kingsbury. So, so with that being said, like, if, if you told me North Carolina hired Kingsbury to be the OC, and then, like, next year, it was like, all right, Mac. Thanks, Cliff is gonna be the guy now. Well, not maybe not with one year, but like two, okay. three years. Yeah, because I think that that would give Kingsbury offensive. time yeah, to kind of rehab a little bit. I think he could. I don't know if he needs to rehab. I don't. I, mean, I don't know that he does either. I'm just. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just throwing something against the wall to see if it'll stick. We're, I really do hope Kingsbury ends up with less, because the less hire. At Kansas, that's not who I want with less. The first, the first thing I saw when I saw that hire, being a less fan, is less is getting paid less than three million dollars a year. And when I saw that, the thing that I knew is going to happen. Mark my word. I'm gonna say a lot of things that might be wrong. They're gonna spend two million dollars on OC. Less is going to go out. The reason he is making less than three million dollars is because they are going to spend some jack on coordinators. Who do you who fits at Texas Tech? I'll give you my idea if if you want that first. I I don't I don't know the answer to who fits there. Kirby Hokut, the athletic director, he played at Kansas State, and one of his best friends was Jim Levitt. Okay. Now Jim Levitt wanted and still wants the Kansas State job. Yeah. But it appears that that's not that's not going to happen. So if that's not going to happen. Go back into the Big Twelve. That's right. You no. know, you, you went with the offensive minded guys for a while. It it has not worked to your you know, to what you want. You bring in a defensive guy that has had a ton of success in the Big Twelve, Pac twelve, yeah, wherever. You know, whatever everywhere he's been. He's been really successful. Think that might fit. Okay. Think that might be good. Wouldn't shock me. Um no, it's not one of these young offensive up no. and coming guys, but if 
I mean, they've done that multiple times. You bring in an OC like Graham Harrell, who used to play quarterback at Texas Tech, but I don't think he's ready for a head coaching job, um, at least on that level. Maybe. You know, I could see that working. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, there's no telling what Texas Tech's going to do. Like, it, it, there's no telling. Uh, Kansas hired Les Miles. They fired David Beatty, hired Miles. This is where I want Kendall Bryles. Oh no, no, that wouldn't that wouldn't hurt my feelings either. I, I want a I want one of these young, super good looking OCs that just blow up the state of Texas with points. And I think that's what Kendall Bryles could do. Like so, I think it, if he does not get the, so he is interviewing for the Texas State job. That's one of the things that I've got listed down here. Um, I was a little surprised that anybody would look at having. Anybody with the last name Bryles as a head coach right now, especially in the state of Texas where Baylor is. Um, And not because, like, I think it's been proven that Art Bryles didn't do anything technically legally wrong. definitely did. Like, Like Kendall was not involved in that. No, no. But Kendall Bryles' offense. Even if Art was involved, like, you can't punish the the son yeah the son for the same thing for the crime of the dad like that's just not okay guilt by association is not okay um but Kendall Bryles is a hell of an offensive coordinator but now okay I'm glad you brought that up there's no question that if he's the OC the OC whoever it is at Kansas will make more than the head coach at Texas State is it more important to be at a power five school as an OC making substantially not a little bit substantially more money maybe double more money or to be your own head coach but you're at this tiny ass school in the middle of nowhere well maybe not the middle of nowhere texas is a big place texas state nobody really cares about i think if kansas brings in Bryles, they are telling him hey you stick around with less oh yeah you you got a chance to beat or you can get it you can parlay that to a head coaching job at a power five school so long as you are successful that's right that's right you win it you you are a part of winning at Kansas, and you can get a no, uh, not an OC, a head coaching job anywhere in the country. Yeah, if if you turn around That's Kansas, right. you could get the Kansas job, That's which right. could end up paying you quite a bit. Or, or you can take any other job that's going to come open every year. Or do you think that Kansas is just a dead end, and it doesn't matter if you're with less miles or not? And but I still think Texas. I think I think, I think Texas also, State is a dead end. Yeah, I was about to say that. What he can do offensively in that conference, where nobody's going to man up and play defense against you. I mean, Kansas this year, they they hung with some guys. Hell, they hung with Texas last week. Yeah, it's a bad football team. You don't think Kendall could have made that team two touchdowns better? I mean, two touchdowns better against Texas. They got a chance to win that game. I mean, two touchdowns would have beaten Texas. Well, yeah, it would have, it would no, have, it would have Texas, won the game. I mean, I know the game changes if they score two touchdowns yeah. and whatever. But I'm just saying, like, like that's just a drastically different team. And that's with the same talent they got right now. Yeah. I mean, this is a team that, that ran for 350 yards on Oklahoma. That, but that's what like, I want. Now, being a fan of Les and being somebody who, who has loved him his entire career, I, I want – I want him to end up with with Kingsbury or Brawls. Like that's what I need him to do because I think that's what it's going to take to win at Kansas. But when he took less than three million dollars a year, that, my first, that my first thought was is that guy's about to pay some jack to an OC. Yeah, um, Louisville fired Bobby Petrino, and now it looks like they're not going to get Jeff Brom. See, I was curious if they were going to get him anyway. 
Purdue has a lot more money than Louisville right now. Louisville is shelling out money to coaches, to legal fees, to to all types of organizations. No, no, everybody understands that part of it. The other side of it was, does Brom just want to go home? Or is the smarter play to stay at Purdue, get that thing turned around, keep winning big-time ball games, and then do you get a shot at Ohio State? Oh, if that's Urban what leaves, I was just about to say. Or, you know, any of these other gigantic jobs. Lincoln that Riley leaves for the, the NFL. NFL gig. Yeah, I mean. Like, it does. That's right. No, do you, you want do you one get, of those big you jobs? You get a big job. Big, big job. Do you think it's – is it easier to get there from Purdue as opposed to – Well, you're not rebuilding. He's already spent a year rebuilding at Purdue, and he's kind of getting that thing going the way he is. He goes to Louisville. He's now doing the same thing he's done for the last two years at Purdue. Well, and in the Big Ten West, like, it is not far-fetched to think that they could make it to a Big, a Big Ten, Ten championship, championship game. That's right. So, And if at, you play Ohio State, well, you beat you beat the hell out of them once. Yeah. Um. But if you're at Louisville, like, I mean, you got to go through Clemson, Florida a State, way, a, like, long, a long way from home. And not that Florida State is good this year, but like it traditionally, yeah. that's a pretty good football team. So, uh, so Louisville, like, they're they're in a tough spot here. I'm not sure who would fit there. I think Neil Brown at Troy fits them perfectly. Um, I I like, but you know that. Like, I like Neil Brown a lot. I think he's a pretty big offensive mind. So, so these are these are two. But games. he can he can win. Any way you need him to, with defense, these with are, ball control, these are with two names up tempo, whatever that got floated out that I read, and in some article, it wasn't like just a Facebook article. It was it was like Saturday Down South or somebody reputable who actually covers college football sent it out. If it wasn't Saturday Down South, sorry, I threw your name out there. <laughs> Apologize, but like it was somebody like that, okay? And it floated out two names. One name was. Um, Barry Odom, which is in the other weird to me, and in the other name was Joe Moorhead, and what it was was the two SEC football coaches that make less than three million dollars a year in Louisville thinks well, we'll just we'll just pay them, we'll pay them, and we get them out of the SEC. Well, Louisville's got to be a better place to coach than the SEC, and I don't know that they're wrong. And so Moorhead, who has no connections to the South whatsoever. If Louisville offered him four million dollars, would he leave? I mean, I he's think, not married I think, to now. After one year, would be hard. Well, no, I but think he's that. Not, he's but he, he's also got to rebuild because they are losing a ton of seniors. I would say Mississippi State's going. What he's going to have to do at Louisville, he's going to have to do at Mississippi State. Now, I do wonder if State would would pony up That's and right. offer a bunch of money because. They are so fired up about the Egg Bowl win. Did you see enough of him this year to where it'd be worth getting in a bitty match? Or do you say, well, we'll go grab Neil Brown, who I think they should have grabbed last year, by the way, and who I think is a better coach than, than Moorhead. Than Moorhead. That is my opinion. One I, opinion I, no, who's not hired to hire I would coaches. do that. If I was but state, I would not get in a bitty more. I'd say, you want him? Take him. Go right ahead. Neil, All right, Neil, come, come on. Or Bill, come on. Nobody, yeah, Bill wants, nobody wants the defensive guys, which I think is foolish because I think Bill Clark is an incredible head coach. Well, State won this year because of defense. That's right. If like, Bill that's Clark what, was coaching that team me. over Joe Moorhead, there is no doubt in my mind that LSU game is whoa different. The Kentucky game, whoa different. Like I, I think that is a completely different game. With Maybe I am wrong, 
But they got four guys that are going to play on Sundays on that front four. And I think a guy like Bill could have gotten something out of him, and he would have figured the offense out as well. Because he's a smart guy. And well, he would have hired a coordinator to do that, too. Exactly. And, and with Joe Moorhead with that offense, uh, I mean, he was trying to fit a square peg in a round That's hole. Right. He was trying to run his system instead of deal with the players he's got. And, and towards the end of the year, he figured it out. Yeah, but, but you, you've already lost but a couple at that point, of important. Yeah. You, You'd already you lost four games. You like, can't lose to, to Kentucky and do that. And I know Kentucky's really good. Yeah, and but you you can lose to Kentucky. You can't get beat twenty eight to seven. You can't lose to LSU because you threw four interceptions. Four interceptions. That's it. Like you can't score. You can't keep nothing. trying to throw the football. Like three weeks straight, they they scored less than seven or less than ten points. Yeah, I mean, I mean they you can't they do that. Scored seven against uh, Florida. Yeah. They seven scored against seven against Kentucky, Kentucky and six against six, LSU. Yeah. Um, they beat Auburn twenty three to nine. Um, That's right. And then they scored zero against Alabama. Yep. Uh, which is what it is. But yeah, like but then, and, and against LSU, like scoring six. Okay, like I yeah, can kind of see. Place it. Where, but I, I, Bill Clark's defense would have controlled LSU a lot better. We're not a great offensive team. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, off Louisville, Colorado fired Mike McIntyre. I have no clue what they do. I know the popular name out there, but I don't want him to go to Colorado. Dana Holgerson is is the popular name. I know. He's I been like, at West Virginia for seven years. He's so fun. He's losing Will Greer. I know. He's losing that, that whole receiving core. He's losing that star left tackle. Yeah, but he's lost guys before. I understand that, but, but once you've been somewhere more than about five years, if you come back and have a, a 500 season – it gets a little hairy. Well, he's not going to have a 500 season this year, so you're not assuming this. that next year he's going to have a 500 season. I, that's I'm saying if he has a a 500 season, well, it could get a little weird. Year. You don't think these jobs will all be open next year? You don't think people are going to be hiring next year? I think they will be, but I don't know Everybody's that any would. I don't know hiring. that any would fit. Oh, you don't? Because I think Ole Miss will open up next year, and I. I'd take Dana Holgerson at in Oxford right now. I don't think that Ole right Miss. Now. I don't think Ole Miss would feel like he fits. God, Gary, this oh, that's so stupid. That's I'm, so I'm just saying, like I, you so understand dumb. the the kind of people I that disagree, are in Oxford. But I disagree completely. I did. We just disagree. I'd love if there's any Ole Miss fans watching this. Leave some comments. Tell us whether totally. or not Dana Holgerson fits. Yes, he fits because he's a good coach. He can win, and they want to win with offense, and he does that. I mean, you're right about that. How would you – like, you don't want him going to Colorado. I don't want to go to Colorado because I think – man, this is going to sound – Colorado's irrelevant. They're not fun in college football right now. But they but they could be. And he's farther away from me. The farther away you get from me, I just feel like you just – Is Boulder you. further than Morgantown? I don't know, but I I kind of – I go to Ohio a lot because of family stuff. Like, I was saying I'm, that's I'm, not far. I'm, I'm around the West Virginia Wheeling area all the time. Like, okay, come on, okay. man. Well, not all the time. At least once or twice a year. All right, that uh, seems close enough. It's close enough. All right. It seems right. close enough. Well, and, and they're in the right time zone. And they play in the Pac-12, in the Big 12, so that's close. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're in the right time like zone. A, so a, like, that's right. They're their games time. start at the right time. Normal I don't time. have to stay up until midnight to watch them. I, I, I'm a Damon Holgers fan. I do think he would fit at Colorado. He wouldn't be able to wear his visor, so you wouldn't be able to see the uh, the glory. Why not? Sure, you can. Man, it's cold in you Boulder. Don't, you don't. Oh no! I see, understand so it gets you, cold in nope, West Virginia. Yep. I got see, this is a man that's never been to West Virginia. I understand that it's cold in West Virginia. I, it's colder in Boulder. No, it's not. That's just. Not somebody true. in the comments tell me I'm wrong. That's just not true. It, tell, it did, might be. It might be colder, but it ain't a wet cold. And we live in the South. Wet cold sucks. Yeah, wet cold definitely does suck. I'll give you that. All right. Uh, Western Kentucky fired Mike Sanford. 
They hired Tennessee offense coordinator Tyson Helton. I thought this was a weird hire, but it, it, I, I get the connection. Yeah, now that, once you actually look at the yeah. connection, Tyson Helton was the offensive coordinator under Jeff Brom at Western Kentucky. Right. They went outside the box with Mike Sanford, who was the Notre Dame offensive coordinator. That did not work. He wanted to completely rebuild what they had built there. Went nine and sixteen in two seasons. This is one of those where Notre Dame hit a home run, letting a guy go. Yeah, I mean that. That's just that's yeah, Chip, just true. Chip Long is is a way better coordinator way under better. Kelly than Sanford was. Way I think better. Sanford, like Sanford, oh, is going to get he's going to oh, get offense coordinator jobs. No, he'll, and he'll be good. Yeah, but he's he's not he's not long good. Tyson Helton will be. I, he will fit there because he understands what they do at, at Western Kentucky, and he already fits in with uh, with the culture they've built. So, uh, I brought up Texas State interviewing Kendall Browles. If Browles doesn't get that job, I don't know what or and we, where and we they really go. Don't, and we really don't care who gets yeah, it. Yeah, nobody cares. Uh, that's not a job. That all right, here's three that are keeping their coaches that I was surprised by. Okay, Illinois. Yeah, keeping Lovey Smith. Now you mentioned something to me earlier. I I I, I heard this. Uh, and from a different from a different podcast, I'm not going to credit. I'm not, I'm not going. I'm not going to credit them because I don't know if it's right. This can't be right. <laughs> this 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 cannot be true. Okay, it can't. It cannot be true that Lovey Smith still lives in Chicago. Not like in the like during the season. Like it's like a two and a half hour drive from Champaign. Like there's there's no possible way that the head coach of a of a college football team where these guys power five team where these guys work a hundred hours a week lives and he, and he lives in Chicago two and a half hours away like that means he's not at the office two three days a week that it, that doesn't make any like sense that can't to me. that cannot that's exactly what I thought would happen when Herm took the Arizona job I was wrong on that by the way very 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 wrong love Herm Edwards sorry I ever doubted him <laughs> if Lubby is doing this and they did not fire him. I don't know what you have to do to get well, fired. Not not only did they they not fire him and they're keeping him, they extended him two more years. I don't know what you have now, to do to get fired. I will say this: like I, I I somewhat understand because Illinois statistically wins wise everything else they did improve this year. They were two and ten last year. They were four and eight this year. They, they were doubled. in some ball they, games. They doubled their wins. They doubled their wins, and they went from like two point six yards per play to four point oh eight. They like their defense was better. They were in some games. They got blown out by a few teams like look, Iowa. Look, I, beat I the like breaks off I Lubby. like Lubby. This man took a Rex Grossman quarterback team to a Super Bowl. Look, that's a big deal to me. A guy that has oh, grown yeah. up worshiping the NFL. Rex Grossman as your quarterback is a lot like LeBron winning the championship with with J.R. Smith. Like that. That's an anchor. Like that's like extra. Like here. I'm gonna put this big boulder on my back and still beat you. Yeah, it's it's pretty. That's, that's pretty impressive. Um, I think it's the beard. <laughs> it's glorious. I've he, never he's uh, a he's beard. he's like a black Santa Claus. I it's like awesome. Lubby. I just think yeah, Lubby Smith is, is great. Lubby I think Smith that is, is, is. I thought he was surely gone. Um, but no, but he's there at least two more seasons. So and yeah, he just got he got an extension. He didn't just say no. We're not gonna fire you. Uh, USC is keeping Clay Helton. Lynn Swan sent out an email said that we are keeping him. And the reason behind this is the program's past instability and you can't get to where you want to go if you're changing coaches every two, three years. And I get that side of it. But if you got the wrong guy, it doesn't matter how long you keep him. Now, I am curious if they were to do the Kendall Browse or the 
Kingsbury move for OC. Like, well, and I, they and they need DC. I think I'm okay. Oh yeah, and then go find. I mean, they, DC. they they need a whole lot of stuff. Well, they need a coaching staff other than the head guy, maybe. It's it's bad. They've got players. Well, yeah, they're, they've, they're they've always got players. You can walk outside and say, "I'll take you, you, and you," and maybe you if this guy doesn't work out. You just sit right there and wait on me. And and you can staff a team full of four stars. Yeah, I mean they they are the most talented team in the Pac-12, and it's not even close. And five and seven this year, and I thought for sure at five and seven he was done. Uh, it is really strange to me that the two best coaches in the Pac-12 are both in Washington. Yeah, it's, like the one state that no knock to Washington is not like the football mecca of the state. Of like the conference, well, and and isn't really surrounded with a lot of talent. No, no, like they're you not know? pulling high school talent that's local. No, they they're having to go to California. Yeah, like that's and and, and where we know else. Peterson can do it because Le- Leach was pulling talent from every part of the country. Like he yeah. came to Brandon, Mississippi, to grab a guy. Yeah, like that guy's like I'll go anywhere. Rutgers, this is the last one. Rutgers is keeping Chris Ash. Went one and eleven. I think they just know they're not going to – they're just taking the money. This is just a money grab. We're in the Big Ten, and we are just taking the cash. And it, and it doesn't matter right now nope. if we swap coaches nope. or anything. We get the same amount of money I wondered all if, like, the rest of the teams if get. They put up a fight against Penn State, and they put up a fight against Northwestern, and they put up a fight against Michigan State, and they lost all those games, but they put up a fight. And they still went one and eleven. I, I I would venture to say their coach makes less than two million dollars a year. I could be wrong. I'm literally guessing that right now. And I think they're just saying all you other teams have hundred million dollar, multi hundred million dollar facilities and monster mega contracts, and I make the same amount of money as you, and we pay for nothing. You know what I'm surprised it's about? Just a like cash it, grab. Did you know that Chris Ash had his pick? Of either the Syracuse job or Rutgers, and he picked Rutgers. Oh, Syracuse, lucky ducks, <laughs> man! All right. Sometimes, sometimes the girl you want ain't the girl you get. That's, and that's and, a good thing. and she ain't the girl you need either. That's right. Yeah, you're right about that. All right, that's gonna wrap up our coaches rundown. <sighs> I wonder how much of this we'll have completely wrong in a week probably a lot <laughs> but we're gonna do it again next we got Monday, the less so we'll, than the mac one right yep so we, well actually it'll be next sunday when we talk about this so yeah probably we'll see what happens uh so yeah that's gonna wrap up the uh the coaches rundown <laughs> the winning cures everything college football top 10 after week number 13 it's brought to you by tunica mississippi the south's premier sports gambling destination they got six awesome sports books down there. You can find all the information on it over at tunicatravel.com. Show's also brought to you by winningcureseverything.com. Picks, previews, podcasts, all sorts of stuff. Our social media, Facebook and Twitter is over there. Go check that thing out. If you're on YouTube, hit subscribe for us. Help us out. Leave some comments. Tell us what you think we got right, what we got wrong. What is your top ten? Leave it down in the comments. I'd like to see everybody's because the bottom of the top ten could be a little crazy right now. That's right. Uh, let's go on and jump in. Let's do number 10. I'll, I'll let you start us off this week. Who you got at number 10? I still got West Virginia at number 10. Really? I do. I do. We got down to, to where you got a bunch of three lost teams. And I think they're better than – I like them better than Penn State. I like them better than 
I don't know, a couple other three loss teams you got down there. Okay, that makes sense. Who do you have at 10? I, I put Texas. Uh, West See, Virginia I, beat Texas. I like, yeah, that would say, um, I, I'm always going to give the nod to the team that, that beat the other team. I mean, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, I don't know. I, I like Texas's mindset right now for, for whatever reason. I feel like they are, I mean, I, I think they're a live dog this weekend. And we'll, we'll, we'll worry about that later. Uh, number nine, I got Florida at number nine. I got Florida at nine as well. We may not be that far off on this. Ooh. Well, there's one team I always have higher than you. I'm curious if I do or not. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. We'll see. Um, yeah, Florida, like, they're playing really well. They're playing like gangbusters right now. Sure. Uh, they should, well, at, at this ranking, they will be a New Year's Six team. Sure. Uh, and that will be interesting to see how that fan base is. Like, will will they be fired up for a New Year's Six game or not? Because, I mean, there were times that, I mean, when T, uh, when Tim Tebow was the uh, the quarterback and they didn't make it to the national championship game, they couldn't even sell out their allotment of Sugar Bowl tickets. Yeah. that I, wa- I wonder sometimes about those teams. I think they'd be exci- that fan base would be excited. After what they kind of went through a couple of years with McIlwain, I think I think a New Year's Six. I mean, if they get a Sugar Bowl bid, like, that's a good that's a good thing, right? Well, I think if if Georgia doesn't make it into the playoff, Georgia's in the Sugar Bowl. Oh, okay, yeah, well, we agree with that. Okay. But but Florida Peach Bowl, maybe Fiesta Bowl, something yeah. like that. One or the other. Um, okay, who you got number eight? This might be a little homer pick. <clears throat> they, you know, I I got LSU there. I think LSU deserved to win that game. They should be a ten win team right now, not a three loss team, two loss team. Um, this is the one area where I didn't give the nod to the team that they beat. Florida beat them head-to-head. The difference is Florida is a loss to Kentucky. LSU's losses were on the road to Florida, Bama, and then this crazy-ass game at A&M. Yeah. That, that they absolutely did not lose. So Okay. Um, I put Michigan there. Okay. Uh, I, I feel like this right. – So, like with that being said, you dropped LSU out of your top ten. With the loss, right? Yeah. Okay. That I don't. I don't fault you there. Well, I mean, I, I don't think that they were going to fall far. Maybe eleven, twelve. Uh, I, I could I, even see them at number ten. I ma- I made a mistake. What keeping them in at number? No, I made a mistake completely. Uh, what not keeping Michigan in? I, for some reason, Michigan's not in my top ten at all. And yeah, that's dude, wrong. That's, that's wrong. But no, it's that's that. I will tell. That's flat out wrong. Well, they. I will tell they're, you this: they're a two loss team, and their two losses are to Ohio State. Who will be in the good. top six? And, and then Notre, Notre Dame, Dame who's, who's the second or third best team in the country? So yeah. like that's that's just wrong. Um, I'm going to yeah. run through mine. Understand that all the vitriol that will come is is well deserved, and I'm wrong on this. I don't know the Michigan fans can can complain right now about anywhere that their boys are ranked because they got demolished. Yeah, but but Michigan beats the hell out of LSU. Like that defense is made to stop LSU's offense. Yeah, LSU no, you're right doesn't about that. score, but three, six points, a couple field goals. You're right about that. So that's, that's I'm I'm wrong. I get it. I'm we're moving on. Number seven, I've got UCF. Right, see, I've got Oklahoma. Okay, yeah, I I see where you're going now. Okay, uh, I've got UCF. I think I would have had UCF higher. Um, but you care about what's going to happen in the future as opposed to what they've done. No, I also see that UCF is like they're terrible against the run, and their offense has not been as good as Oklahoma's. What is Oklahoma against the run? I I don't know the answer. Oh, to that, I'm sure it's it's down but I, there. But I can't I can't believe that UCF's defensive numbers 
are any worse than Oklahoma's. I am curious. And, and if they I, are, we're talking about the difference between 111 and like 115. Like who? What is that different? 120. What? What's the difference in those two teams? I don't guess it necessarily matters. I mean, that's pretty drastic of the fact that they're – I mean, these are the same teams, Gary. They really are. These are the same teams. But the I difference do think is one, of, one of them is doing it with elite five-star talent everywhere, and the other team is doing it with dudes that didn't get picked by five-star schools. Let's see. Oklahoma is – well, I don't know against the run specifically, but team defense-wise, overall defense, they're 111. Yeah, well, team defense, they are 111. As far as run defense, Oklahoma... Da, 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 well, they might da. be decent because do people run the ball at the Big 12? I don't guess they do. I mean, they I mean, played Army and they run the ball and they ran it all over their face. Kansas did. I don't see them on here. How am I missing Oklahoma? Number 63 against the Yeah, Lions. that's just because nobody nobody runs the football against them. Yeah, they give up 4.11 yards per so run. So you're looking at one specific stat. I can't no, no, no. I'm looking defense. at overall 162.42. No, you're, overall run defense. I'm looking at You're defense. looking at, at overall total defense. Like, why do you care about if they if you can stop the run but you can't stop the pass, does it matter? Your I defense don't think it does. sucks. Total defense, Oklahoma is 111. What is UCF? UCF is da, 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 77. Holy crap, not even triple digits. UCF is a better football team than Oklahoma. Okay, okay. Like I, I'm not going to argue with you on that. Bam. Um, Oklahoma's seven for me. Number six, I've got <laughs> Ohio State. I got Ohio State six. You got UCF like four? I got UCF five. Okay, I'm not okay. crazy. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> I got them over Ohio State and Oklahoma, and I've had them over those two teams the entire season because I think they are the exact same, but they don't have a loss. Okay, that makes I sense. I think they all play no defense, and they all can score on anybody. I got Oklahoma five because I think that they their offense is better than UCF's. and It just, it just has not been all season at all. Not even close. Numbers um, don't support that. The numbers don't support that? I would venture to say the numbers don't support that. Now, I do want to see that because Oklahoma's got the number one offense in the country. Well, I would venture to say what did it look like if you take out the last game because UCF blows a quarterback, his knee out, and Oklahoma has the greatest game they've ever had in the history of football. Well, I don't know about all that. So, if we – like total, you total that offense. was the greatest offensive game they've ever had? No, because they only put up like 660 yards. They put up 60-some-odd points against the number one defense in football. They averaged 583 yards a game. Uh, number two is Ohio State. Number three is Clemson. Number five is UCF. Okay. Number four is Alabama. And then not too far behind them, number six is Memphis. Yeah. And so, um, let's see, where was I? Number four through one. Were oh, yeah, I had Oklahoma same. five. Uh, number four, I've, we got Georgia. Yeah. All right, so we agree on Georgia. Um, number three is Notre Dame I'm, I'm for done, me. I'm done fighting this fight. So, it, But you got Notre Dame too. Well, I'd like Notre Dame too, yes. Yeah, so that's – dude, this is – we got our own. I'm, I'm, I'm done fighting this fight because I understand that people they, – they literally just don't pay attention to anything. I got Clemson too. I know. Number one, we both got Alabama. Alabama's one. Okay. Um, 
the argument that what well, doesn't matter where they're ranked one or, or two or three because they're going to play each other is if it doesn't matter where they're ranked, then why the hell are we ranking them? Like, this is the stuff that bothers me when people... Well, no, no, it just doesn't matter if it's two or three. I, like, I if it, Notre Dame but, gets dropped but, to four, why then... Are, then then why are we doing it if it doesn't matter where they are at? Why do we rank anybody under this if it if only four get in? Well, because then you have to worry about like at Notre Dame, their their place is set. They but, are but good. Do, you you do understand the if reason Clemson I goes have out a, and loses to Pittsburgh, then then they get jumped. So Notre Dame's two. But if they were if Notre Dame was two already and Alabama loses, then Notre Dame bounces to one. That's why it matters. It If it doesn't matter, then why are we doing it? It has to matter. And we have to do it right if it's going to if we're going to do it. I am curious what the playoff committee is going to do. I just know. We know exactly what they're going to do. If Bama wins, it's going to be that Notre Dame is staying three. They're not moving from three. And if Clemson wins, the only way they're moving up is if is if Bama loses. But everything, everything holds, it holds. I just don't understand. What if what if Clemson has to beat Pitt on like a last second field goal? I don't think they should beat two now anyway. Name their biggest win of the season. Oh, it's what maybe A and M or Syracuse? because Notre Dame has several bigger wins than they're gonna. Not just one. It's not just Michigan Week One. They have multiple big wins on the season because they didn't beat them by fifty. Okay, so you beat high school teams by fifty, and they beat good teams by seven. They still win the damn games, and they played good teams. They played the hardest schedule outside of LSU anybody played this year. Yeah, I mean that that, well, that has to matter. That has to matter. Yeah. Why schedule tough? And then people say, "Well, well, the thirteenth data point." And, uh, uh, that's what's that's his name? for Dan, nerds. Dan, Dan, I ain't no, even no, worried about but that. But Dan Dan Wetzel makes an unbelievable argument. Well, well, then technically, Clemson doesn't have a thirteenth data point either. Because one of the games that they play every year is a is a FCS, FCS game, yeah, and so that doesn't count as a data point. So if 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 Notre Dame played, you know, Fulman Fulman this year this week, okay, now they've got the same record and everything's the exact same. You played Pitt, well, they played USC last UCF, well, USC last week. Well, USC and Pitt probably pretty close to each other. Yeah, pretty similar. Congratulations, we call one a championship game. Hmm. I, I, I know that I do this every week, and I know that it gets old and it gets tired. I just don't understand why the argument bothers me is, is well, it, it doesn't matter because two and three are the exact same. If it doesn't matter, then why are we doing it? And, and two or three are not the same because if Bama loses, one of them goes to one, and the other one stays at, or it just goes to two, which still has to play the next team. I heard an interesting that, that, that matters. I heard an interesting thing, by the way, that if Alabama were to lose, based on what we have now, they would remain in the playoff, and they probably wouldn't even be. They would be the four. Seed. They would be the three seed. They would be the three, and no Georgia doubt. would like be at four, which is no crazy. Georgia, Georgia should probably yeah. But but yeah. would you what if you would move wins. Notre Dame down to four? And then put Clemson at one. I mean, I think I, I don't. Or know. I mean, it, see, it's it's crazy to think about. Like, that's the only kind of chaos we would have if Georgia beats Bama. This is this is why the seeding matters. If we're not, if if you say it doesn't matter, then stop telling me you don't agree with where I put them because it it doesn't matter. 
I think it does matter, which is why I get mad that people put it wrong. Okay. No, I mean, I, I can see where you're coming from. Like, I, I, I think that Notre Dame's resume, wins-wise, is much better than Clemson's as and, far and as the, big wins. And the, and the resumes loss-wise is the best in the country because they're the same as Alabama and Clemson. They don't have one. But the other side, of, like Clemson has more wins over teams with winning records than Notre Dame does. But those teams all beat up on bad teams, which is why they have winning records. Exactly. So it's it's like, all right, why are we – I don't know. Um, yeah, you know what? Let's go to the playoffs. Okay. All right, we're moving to our playoffs uh, uh, picks. This was the Winning Cures Everything College Football Top 10 after week number 13. Go to tunicatravel.com. Go to winningcureseverything.com. Download the podcast and hit subscribe on YouTube. Check out the next one. Winning Cures Everything College Football Playoff Predictions after week number 13. Now, these predictions are for Selection Sunday. It is not what we think the playoff would be today. It is what we think it will be on Selection Sunday. We're trying to predict the future. Yes, which is always somewhat of a crapshoot. We will admit that. Um, But, yeah, it it is what it is. I always do a five and six. I'm never doing a five and six. I'm not going to do a five and six this week. I'll, I'll give you five and six after we go through the top four. Because if I give you five and six, you're going to know. You, you know why I don't do a five and six? Because it doesn't matter. Because it doesn't matter. <laughs> they they might as well be playing in the New Orleans Bowl. Because yeah. please don't tell me the New Year's Six Bowls matter any more than the New Orleans Bowl. It doesn't. They don't. They're all they, the same. They they pay more. They they pay more. That's right. That's fine. Well, I do have an itch. Okay, you know what? I'm going to go in and do my five and six, and then I want to ask you a question. Okay. You want to you wait, and then you can ask me the question later? Yeah, let's okay. do that. All right. Uh, number one, we both got Alabama. Bama's – well, yeah. So, you, that means, so, you so think, you're back on Bama. I'm, so I moved back to Bama last week. Okay. I was, uh, I, I was out. Because uh, you were gone last week, but against uh, the Citadel, Tua had his knee brace off. He looks insanely healthy right now. Like, they look a lot better than when he had the damn okay. knee brace on. Two is really good at football. Bama's the best team in the country. They never left one. Good. So, well, they, they never left one for you. They left one for me after the Mississippi State game. You doubted them. I did doubt them. All right. But, it, hey, two. I, I have the right to change my opinion you're, when, you're when exactly I have different right. data. Totally right. Oh, I agree. I hope that you're, you're right two weeks ago. <laughs> I've got Clemson too. You've got Notre Dame. I've got Clemson too. Oh, okay. We're predicting what we think they're going to do. Okay, so Clemson two, uh, Notre Dame three, Notre Dame three. I've got Ohio State four. No idea what to do with four. To be to be (laughs) honest, to tell you the truth, like I wrote down on my paper UCF just because f everybody. Like this is (laughs) this just screw all you people that are wrong on this, but. I don't know that UCF's going to beat Memphis even with the with the quarterback out. I, I, if I had to pick right now between all the teams, it, you know the truth. If if we're back in the day, back in the day when it was, it doesn't matter if they deserve it. We just need the four best teams. The four best teams would be Georgia getting in, even with two losses. Even with the loss, yeah. Because because Georgia is head and shoulders better than Oklahoma, and Ohio State and UCF. But but that's not going to happen because there's no possible way. Had had they gone into this undefeated, maybe. Nope. Oh yeah. Oh no. Not 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 maybe. 
not maybe. Both these two teams undefeated. Both these teams getting in because they only got one loss is yeah. to one another. But uh, but LSU kept Georgia LSU, from it. LSU's going to keep Georgia from it. If I had gun to my head, got to pick one. I think Oklahoma beats Texas, and there is a really big chance that I think Ohio State's going to it's going to come down to some some weird monkey business to to beat Northwestern. I think Ohio State's Oklahoma is going to beat Texas better than Ohio State beats North Northwestern. Therefore, I think the committee will see that as a failure on their part and they and, will, and they, they need to put Oklahoma, Oklahoma. I think no matter like no matter what, however they beat them, they could beat them by a field goal. I think Ohio State gets in because every debate that they have had for that fourth spot every time they've had one now there was one year that like you knew exactly who was getting in but every year that they have had to think about it debate it the team that has the better tv numbers ends up getting it this is what i hate so bad about this stupid like it, sport. It, I'm talking every year. It's well, why I, it's I why really, Alabama got in at 11 and one over a, a 11 and two Ohio State last year, and they will tell you it's because no, no team. No. Oh no, they will make they, all these excuses as to why they pick what they pick. But yeah. you're right; they're going to go. But they, with they the, will use Ohio State's massive win over Michigan. Yep. As the reason why, and they will ignore the Purdue just yeah. ass thrashing. Here's here's my problem with the way we pick out. I never had a problem with the BCS other than the fact that it was two. It was two. And, and then making it four d- doesn't help anything. You still don't get a true champion. Let the computers pick it because right now this is a country club that we have. And if your granddaddy and your daddy wasn't an important person, then you don't even get invited to the country club. And those are the people that are making the decisions. And those people are flawed as individuals, just being people. That's who we are and what we are. And and they also are insanely biased. Yeah. And and that's I, I if I was in there, I would be biased. I would be fighting like hell to keep Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, and Ohio State out of every one of them. I would be thrown out of the room, which is fine. I don't deserve to be in there. But if your paycheck was coming from a TV network, yes, that's this is why. Then, yeah. This is why people should not be allowed to make these decisions. Get it to eight and let the computers pick the eight. That's it. Or or have parameters that say you have to do this and this and this and you get these spots and then computers pick the others. Yeah. I'm I'm tired of the country club mentality that college football is. That's what I hate so much about this game. I will I will tell you that you will you will know what the committee is going to do based on what the rankings are. On tonight. Tuesday night. Oh, oh yeah. No, there's no doubt because it not not like not Ohio State ranked over Oklahoma anything like that. It will be like because Oklahoma I think will still probably be ranked fifth. But if if Penn State because what they're going to do they're going to set up an Oklahoma Texas well, top ten yeah, matchup. They're, they're going to rank the the team that they want in. They're going to rank all the teams that they played and beat really really high. Yes. So so Ohio State's wins. Yeah. So you'll Penn see Penn State, State in the top ten. Penn State, Michigan, both in the top ten. Yeah, both in the top ten. So At now that got point, two top you know, wins. that's what they're shooting for. That's right. So we'll see. Now I could see Penn State being like eleven, and if they are eleven, right behind Texas. Yeah. Then you know, all right. If Texas beats Oklahoma, then 
we don't have to worry about Oklahoma anyway. And then we can just toss in Ohio State. But there's a lot that goes in. I'm very curious that if Oklahoma thrashes Texas, they beat them by 20, 30 points. I don't don't think that's going to happen. But but I also didn't think Michigan and Ohio State would would happen the way it would. So let's say it happens and they just destroy them. And then it takes Ohio State a last-minute field guard touchdown to beat Northwestern. They struggle with Northwestern. At that point, it's kind of out of the committee's hands. Like, like you like can't, you, you can't rig you, that so you, blatantly. Oh, but I think they will. I think, I think if you're correct in saying they're going to put the team that gets the better TV draw in, I think they will. And I don't. This is the problem with the country club mentality. They don't care if it if everyone knows that this is this is the political system in our world. The politicians don't care that you know they're taking bribes. They're just going to do it and do what they want. This committee members, these guys are going to do it, and they're just going to do whatever they want. Now, and the, you know what? You can't stop them. The other side of you this will be— You can't call them out on it. You can't say anything about You can say it. No one cares. Look at where they've got Northwestern ranked. Look at where they end up ranking like Iowa State or if Army is in the yeah. top 25— or whatever. Like, there's a lot to to figure out about this. So, it, if I if I gun to my head, I think they're going to take Oklahoma, just because I think I think scoring is up real big. I think the idea of having, I don't think it is with this committee. I think the idea of having an Alabama Oklahoma matchup where both of these two teams are just putting up points in droves, pretty amazing. And it, it'll draw some ratings. I don't know that it'll draw as big a ratings as Ohio State, Alabama, because you know Ohio State will be able to score too. Like they'll look at it from that aspect as well. Like, well, Oklahoma's number one in offense, but Ohio State's number two. So, eh, I mean, you still got the best of both worlds. So, you know, I, I, I think that they take Ohio State because of TV ratings. Now, let's move off of that. I've got Oklahoma five right behind them. And then I've got UCF at six. Now, my my gut tells me that Memphis, like, if I had to pick one right this second, I think Memphis goes in and beats UCF because I think they are better on both sides of the line. Like, I, they are just we, we have better no in the idea what UCF is going to look like offensively in a full game without McKenzie Milton. Yeah, with one with one week to prepare. But let's say that they let's say that they lose. To Memphis. Would they still get the New Year's Six Bowl? No. Because, no, 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 listen. It is based on the highest ranked group of five team. Oh, then yes. They're not going to fall. They're not going to fall past wherever Fresno or Boise State is. Because Boise. No, they're not going to fall. Boise 20 was spots. 23. Yeah, they're not going to fall 20 spots. They're and they fall 18 spots. No, they're still going to get it then. Like, it, would would the committee try and rig this thing? To where they bounce. But they would have to. This is the problem. They're going to have to move Boise, Boise and Fresno was, pretty high up. Well, Boise was 23, and they just beat number 21. Does that move Boise up to, like, 18? And then if Boise beats Fresno, do the they move them up to, like, 11, need, and they would need UCF to drop all the way yeah. back to, like, 12? Now, now, that could happen. They would need Boise to win that game. Because, yeah, because and now, Fresno's and not control, even in the top 25. And they can't control that. Fresno's not getting in the top 20. They'll get in the top 25. They're not getting that high, and UCF isn't falling that far if Fresno wins. How anticlimactic is it to 
to have a UCF without their starting quarterback who just lost the conference championship game, and you're going to toss them in a New Year's Six game. It's just this is why I hate. It's weird. I hate that little consolation of this is what we do for the little guys. This is, you should be happy with what we give you. Like I, I just hate that. I I hate it all the way around. I hate it. And and here's and here's a, what and here's what they're going to do. Other... This is what they're going to do. And then they're going to say to to shut everybody up. Well, let's pit them against Oklahoma in the New Year's Six Bowl, and let's see how that works out. And then they're going to get thrashed because McKenzie's not there, who's been the best player in college football for two years back to back running. And 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 let's see. So now you're taking a crippled team that's already has every disadvantage in the game whatsoever, and you're saying, "Whoopsie, you got blown out. You don't belong." But last yeah. year, when when they beat Auburn at every facet of the game, everyone made the excuse, "Well, Auburn didn't want to be there, and they didn't care." So there's always a caveat. There's always an excuse. And if UCF wins, it'll be the exact same thing. Oh well, Oklahoma was disappointed they didn't get in the game, and so uh, you know they didn't care. Lincoln, the, Lincoln Riley's going to the NFL. Now, the uh, other side of this like, is, let, let's swap off of that. If UCF wins and Ohio State and Oklahoma both lose, at I, that point. You you know where I've been. If At that point, Georgia gets in. I, I don't think so. I think I, they put in UCF. I don't. I think this they put in be, UCF well, with, you might with be zero right, losses. But you might be right because they know with McKenzie out, let's feed them to Bama and let's just – Let's say, see, we were right. We should never have done this. And, and, at it, that point, and it hurts every small team for for the from now until the end of history. Yeah. Interesting. I really, really hate this committee. And not like this specific one this year. Just the committee period. Just the idea of this. Well, you've only got eight know, more another years. decade of it. Yeah, it's only eight years. So, we'll see. Make it to eight. And let computers figure it out. Well, I think uh, what you need to have happen is Ohio State and Oklahoma win and Georgia beat Alabama. That would be fun. And if you do that, then... They're going to bounce Notre Dame. Oh, how crazy would that be? I, I like Notre well, Dame Well, no, you know what's crazy? They could end up bouncing Notre Dame anyway because of, like, well, you got to be a conference champion. I know. Because I, it's like, I, well, do I, we take this 12-1 and conference champion or this 12-1 and conference champion? Or that 12-0 and team. Or the 12-0 and team that doesn't have to play a conference championship game. Or Alabama who didn't win the conference. Well, no, but, let, let, well, let's say Georgia gets beat and, and oh, they could yeah. still bounce Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Oh, yeah. No. Like, that's what would be even more crazy is if that – 13th data point is what cost Notre Dame. I would be upset if they did that to Notre Dame. But oh, would, I, I would too. It would make me feel good to know that that might be the, the chink in the armor that we need to just blow the whole thing up. I'll tell you this. It, it at least makes things more interesting now that Michigan has gotten beat because had Michigan won out, had Alabama won out, Clemson, Notre Dame, there was no drama. No. But, but there is – I don't remember a college football season that there hasn't been drama. Yeah. But there's not a like, it all comes down to that one last week, and that's it. So to say every week is exciting with drama, like we've had many weeks this year that it didn't matter. None yeah. of the outcome of the games really mattered. No, I think you're, uh, I think you're right about that. All right, that's going to wrap up our playoff projections after college football week number thirteen. Good to be back. It is good to be back. I like the studio. It's brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. Go to tunicatravel.com, get more information on all six of their sports books. Go to winningcureseverything.com, 
If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. If you're listening on the podcast, hit the subscribe button. Follow us on uh, Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Winning Cures. We will see you guys very, very soon. Later, guys. It's time for the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter at winningcures. You can follow myself at Gary WCE. You can follow me at Chris B. Giannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. You can also email the show. That's winningcureseverything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551-226-9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team or praise us or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551-226-9899. And we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show. And until next time, have a good one, guys. Hey, don't forget, subscribe to the Winning Cures Everything podcast on iTunes and make sure you leave a review. For every 25 written five-star reviews we get on iTunes, we are donating to St. Jude's Children's Hospital and Le Bonheur's Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. So subscribe and review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and all your favorite podcast apps. Remember, the Winning Cures Everything podcast.